Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zombie Girls Podcast. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me today on this very fairy tale filled day is Ariel. Hi. Matilda. Hi. And Sarah. Hello. Do you like that you get the very special introduction every time? <laughs> I don't know. There's something about your name that makes me, I just have to sing it. I don't know what that says about me or about your name or about life. I don't know. I'm in a little bit of an existential down spiral today. So just, just bear with me. Bear with me. How is everybody doing? Doing good. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Y'all hanging in there? That's great. Anything fun and exciting going on? No. <laughs> no. Mm. It's Life spring. Is boring. Yes. Yes. It's spring. So things are starting to warm up and bloom and Ooh, good that feels allergy a little season. bit helpful. Good allergy season. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, we did something kind of fun yesterday. We did our very first inaugural Twitch stream. So for those of you at home who want to listen to us and watch us do a Twitch stream, you should definitely head over to our Twitch channel. We did a sort of hybrid (laughs) version of Horror Trivial Pursuit. So on Tabletop Simulator, there isn't currently a Horror Trivial Pursuit. So it looks like the vanilla board, but I bought the actual game. So we had a game master who read questions and we we just played a game of Trivial Pursuit. And I had a really good time. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, it was yeah, so I had a lot fun. of fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing Sarah really had a lot of fun because she kicked her asses. <laughs> yeah, she slept the whole thing. <laughs> uh, that end was brutal. It was just like, shank, 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 shank. <laughs> I know. What did you get? Seven questions right in a row? It was crazy. <sighs> it was insane. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, if you enjoy the Twitch, you should definitely follow us on there. We have another game planned for April, tw- or not April, May 20th. And I'm sure there's going to be lots more after that the next, you know, in the coming months. So definitely follow us there. Anything else exciting going on for you guys? Nope. <laughs> yeah. Crickets. Literally, uh, I could hear a plane going over in the background. <laughs> <laughs> If that doesn't say 2020, I don't know what. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, fuck it. Let's move into what we've been watching. Oh, wait. Can and- I tell you about my dream first? Of course. <laughs> uh, nobody was saying anything. Weird, but <laughs> you guys were all in it. So I what? thought you might want to hear. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> okay. So Was it, it was- sexy? <laughs> a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Let me get comfortable. Wait, wait, wait. I mean, it wasn't like a zombie girl's orgy or something. Oh, but... no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> were we clam slamming? Or over the lunchbox? Okay. For those of you who don't understand what we're talking about, you have to watch the t- Twitch stream. Okay. It yeah. makes a lot more sense in the Twitch stream. <laughs> no, I had a dream that we were all the Charlie's Angels. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was the four of us and Jody, and Jody was Charlie. <gasps> what? Amazing. I like that idea. I want to yeah. live this. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Me too. It was awesome. We solved crimes. Matilda, you were wearing little booty shorts like Daisy Dukes <laughs> and a tube top, and you had roller skates on the whole time for some reason. I don't know why. That's, that tracks. Amazing. That tracks. Amazing. Yeah. Rachel, I can see that. Had bright pink Farrah Fawcett hair. Like yeah! 
(laughs) And now I really need to see you in that because in my head, in the dream, it was luxurious and beautiful. Well, (laughs) now I want to do a little cosplay for you. Yes. Yes. Let's do it. And then... (laughs) Sarah, you were in a bow tie and suspenders, and anytime there was a woman who wouldn't give us information, you would just flirt with her until she <laughs> told us what we needed to know. <laughs> yes. It was pretty I can great. see that. Oh yeah. my god, I wish I could draw. I want to draw like a movie poster of this so bad. Yeah, it was pretty great, except that you guys kept getting annoyed with me because I wanted to wear a trench coat and act like I was Columbo. So I <laughs> So I kept asking people, I just just one more thing. I have one more question. <laughs> <laughs> and were we were we trying to force you into like a sunset polyester jumpsuit? I'm hoping. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. You guys kept wanting oh. to take me shopping. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. This is the best dream ever. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty awesome. It definitely rivaled the time we were all pirates. So <laughs> I love your dreams about us. They're so good. (laughs) I forgot about the pirate dream. I know. I I need somebody who's an artist to draw what's in my head. Yeah. Yeah, I would love that. Any artists in the audience? We could probably throw some cash at your way. (laughs) If you wanted to draw these, make these posters for us. That would be so cool. I want this. I want the pirate one. And I want the... The one that was about me and Mars and our Haley Joel Osment Bigfoot adventure. <laughs> I just I need those three Amazing. posters so badly in my life. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, what a great dream. Did we solve the crime? Yes, we did. Who was it? Was it, it like was... a Scooby Doo situation? <laughs> no, it was like a foreign diplomat who was in the United States and was like, murdering people. And trying to use his diplomatic immunity to get away with it. I love your brain. So (laughs) it's so amazing. I need you to have a Scooby Doo version now. Ooh, that would be awesome. I just need to keep repeating that to myself before I fall asleep, and maybe one day it'll happen. Scooby Doo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we're all going to be fighting to be Velma. (laughs) It's just gonna. It's gonna begin with an argument with. No, I am the Velma. god amazing thank you so much for sharing ariel that is hilarious <laughs> if there's a sequel keep us I in the loop you know. <laughs> this is my new favorite series <laughs> and i do feel like jody is the right one to be client facing and the mastermind right yes. yeah mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. oh my gosh i think you can just hear that voice coming out of the little talkie box oh yeah all accents. right like, angels yes <laughs> <laughs> Good. And of course, I've spent way too much long time on my hair. This all tracks. This all tracks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. All right. Well, aside from inside your own mind, what have you been watching, Ariel? Okay. So a couple nights ago, I watched Willy's Wonderland. Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) So it's kind of like Five Nights at Freddy's meets Nick Cage. Yep. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) And gore. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So I knew it was going to be dumb fun going into it. And I yeah. think that helps. I yeah. found it to be pretty entertaining. It's ridiculous. It's so mm-hmm. stupid. Mm-hmm. Nick Cage does not say a single word the entire not a one. movie. Mm-hmm. And it is bizarre to not have Nick Cage go full Nick Cage. Except that he kind of does when he's yeah. fighting the monster. Or know, having a, a 
pinball break in the break room dance <laughs> yeah dance yes, off. What, <laughs> yeah what was with that he just kept walking away to drink his soda and play pinball mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i mean okay. i feel like he, it's the nick cage of it all i don't know yeah and then he kept uh, honestly changing without his, him changing i feel like shirt. it wouldn't work Yes, over and over again. <laughs> Every time he got blood or, or oil on it. <laughs> it's so dumb. All the acting is pretty ridiculous. Not great, but it's a, it's a lot of fun. My one complaint, though, is that there is so much strobe lighting in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every time there's a kill or something exciting happen, it's strobe lighted. And there's this frenetic camera movement that made me dizzy. So... If you're sensitive like me, you might not enjoy it as much. Mm. I mean, I feel like they're definitely covering for the fact that they're doing practical effects mm-hmm. and I on a low budget. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, strobe light can hide a multitude of sins. Very true. <laughs> yeah. And oh, it's like the derma so blend fun. of movie. <laughs> oh, you like liked movie. it, Sarah? Oh, I loved it. Are you kidding? It was great. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does so seem right up your fun. alley. I mean, just, just so balls to the wall, just nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to describe it. <laughs> and just the premise itself is so ridiculous where these serial killers do a seance and mm-hmm. have their bodies go into or their souls go into the bodies of these animatronics before they kill themselves. Mm-hmm. Kool-Aid style. Yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty fun. And they have to feed it <laughs> humans every so often yes. so that it won't murder, go on a murdering rampage through their town. Yeah. <laughs> i was saying we did an episode of this on stream queens and i was saying that this is the most 80s movie i've seen and it doesn't try to be an 80s movie and that it's not set in the 80s and the aesthetics are not the 80s but every sort of 80s movie rule exists in this down to the satanic panic explanation true yeah it's and it's 80s in the best way possible it has such a night of the demons vibe to it but with animatronics yeah you even got the tongue chameleon wrapping around someone's neck <laughs> you know what i mean the chameleon's mm-hmm. tongue yes. it mm-hmm. totally reminded me of angela's and night of the demons too just yeah, really even, fun yeah. nods even that yeah. sex scene where they get chomped by the alligator yes. while they're having ridiculous sex was yeah pretty 80s <laughs> right yeah 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 and the intro and exit in his muscle car yes yes for sure yes. yeah yeah so we announced this technically on Stream Queens, but I'm going to say it here too. As a result of that movie, Larry from Here's Johnny and I are starting a Nick Cage podcast. <laughs> are you serious? Nice. It hasn't been podcast. named yet. We're working out how we're doing it. It's going to be a, a once a month podcast. Oh my God. Where we're going to go through his entire catalog. Starting yes. with his TV movie premiere. We're wow. going to go through every one. And we'll talk more about it when it comes up. But we're going to have guests occasionally. So I hope all of you will be joining us at yes. some point. Uh, Pick I- your favorite Nick Cage movie and come on. And we'll <laughs> okay, talk about it. Okay, count me in for Wild at Heart. Okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> count me in for Valley Girl. All right. Yes. <laughs> Are you, you have never seen Valley times? Girl. So. Are you going to do Fast Times also? Because he's only in that for like Yeah, for a second. Minutes. I think we're going to follow his IMDb. Even the stuff where he's barely in it, like that terrible jujitsu movie. We're going to do all of them. 
Okay. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Does he <laughs> have any good punny names for a podcast around Nick Cage? Hit me up in the in the DMs because <laughs> I don't want to do uncaged. You know what I mean? Right. So, sure. so figuring it out. But that's something to look forward to in 2021. We will, <laughs> we will be trying to decide what is the Nick Cage. Is he Oscar Nick? Is he Willie's Nick? Is he both of those things? Does it matter? Does he defy the space-time continuum? Yes. You know, that's what we'll be talking about. So. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I yeah. Yay! Yeah. I'm so glad. Yeah, and Willie's Wonderland shows us that whatever it is, it's less verbal than we thought. Because it's <laughs> right. totally yeah. able to be conveyed without any any talking. No. Yeah, good point. Did you just True. live in a state of dread that he was going to deliver one terrible line at the end of the movie? Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was an hour and a half of suspense about it being ruined by a one-liner. <laughs> and it right. wasn't! It wasn't! They were The restraint, the shocking amount of restraint is... Restraint is not a word that I usually use other than Nick Cage joint, but yeah. <laughs> here we are. I know, but when, when she got in the car... And uh-huh. he turned to her. I was like, no. Yes, me too. <laughs> but then it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just like, yes, you may have my beverage. Let's roll. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Why did he have to drink the beverages on a timer, by the way? I mean, that is up for debate. As somebody who worked nights, you really want to try and pace out your caffeine so oh. you don't hit a wall. Oh, mm. interesting. Oh. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even if huh. it comes mid-fight, you just hand the knife off and you go have your beverage and <laughs> play some That's honestly one of my favorite parts of the movie. Where he's like, "Yes, oh well, here's the knife. Best <laughs> luck. And then he doesn't just go drink the soda real quick and come back. He stops to play pinball again. I mean, it's his break. Yeah. It's his mandated break. I mean, I yeah. kind of thought it was part of his character that he was so quirky and regimented. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? Wasn't that maybe part of it? Well, sure. I mean, yeah, I think he so. finished the job. Like, yeah. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, so yeah, I think across the board, we're all pro Willie. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Awesome. All right, what else have you been watching, Ariel? So I also watched the new Wrong Turn movie called Wrong Turn Foundation. Has anybody else seen this one? No, it's mm-hmm. on my list, though. I, mm-hmm. you know, okay. murderous hillbillies. <laughs> so... This time, they decided to kind of switch up the narrative a bit. So in the original ones, it's about inbred cannibalistic hill people, right? And in this one, they're not that exactly. Okay. (laughs) They're more like a group of people who live in the hills and have for generations, but they have their own working society, sort of. But it's also kind of like a cult and they don't eat people. And what happens is our main group end up going on a hike through the Appalachian Mountains and sort of go veer off into their territory accidentally Mm. and then sort of run afoul of booby traps and people sort of wanting to kill them. But really, the movie tries to paint it as though the hill people are the ones more in the right Hmm. so it's interesting because i feel like they attempted to do something different the only problem is that one you don't care about a single character in the Mm -hmm. whole movie Mm -hmm. and then on top of that it loses a lot of that sort of slasher feel 
I haven't seen the originals for a really long time. I only ever saw the first two, and I haven't seen them since they were out in theater. So I don't know if they hold up. I remember them being pretty entertaining. And I would say this one has some good gory shots, but it's not as mean as I remember the originals being. Mm. And I didn't think it was as fun. And then some of the things that happen, I don't know that the explanation totally holds up. I will say, though, that the last few minutes of the movie are pretty great. It ends in a pretty satisfying way in one respect. So, okay. I mean, here's the thing is it's pretty well made. It's fun to watch. It's dumb, but there's some good gore in it. Not as much, you know, kind of cool kills as I was hoping. But there is a scene, for instance, where a tree booby trap thing comes and smashes a guy's head open. (laughs) It's pretty great. So, you know, I would just go in knowing that it's not going to be like the original and it's not going to be a fabulous movie, but it's a good kind of popcorn movie to watch on a Saturday afternoon, I would say. All right. Nice. nice. You know, I've never seen any of the wrong turn movies. Oh, really? No. Nope. I need to. I've heard that the third one's really fun, but I haven't. Oh, okay. I, I haven't think that's the one, one with Henry Rollins. Oh, well, there you go then. Enough <laughs> 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 sold. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I don't remember if it's the second or third one, but one of them, they're doing a survival thing, and Henry Rollins is this ex military guy who's their. They're uh, survivalist liaisons. Uh huh. It's pretty funny. That sounds that sounds like good casting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all know I have a, I have a soft spot for Henry Rollins. Yes. <laughs> it is well documented on this podcast. Oh, so do I. I, yeah, I, I adore him. Yeah. He's always Definitely. having such a good time when he's starting. When he's in anything. Yeah. Yeah. That is a big part of it, right? Nick Cage has his oeuvre. He has mm-hmm. his thing that makes him enjoyable to watch and i think henry rollins does too in his case it is very much a wink at the audience with the exception of obviously of uh the motorcycle show that i have oh uh sons of anarchy yes <laughs> with the exception of that he's always kind of winking at the audience in a way that is very enjoyable yeah mm-hmm. okay cool how about you matilda what have you been watching so I've been catching up on some TV recommendations that you had made. Okay. And most of all, watching Resident Alien, which I'm the so best. enjoying. The Is best. anyone else watching this? The no, no I did too. You guys. It's so good. <laughs> it's, so it's so good. good. <laughs> some of the plot lines are very much kind of sci-fi, TV, whatever, love stories. 100%. But also, yeah. he's so good in this and he's such... A fantastic weirdo, like you said, that getting to see him have a lead yes, is really, really fun. And the fact that he's a jerk alien, not like an, I'm a fish out of water. He's a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> I love his first erection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's something the first time he's in bed with someone where he's like, she is like a warm ham, which has very much made itself into our household. Oh, no. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, so I've been watching that and also watched all of Ted Lasso very fast, which was very cozy and lovely. Finally, Mm -hmm. someone watched it. I've been trying to get everyone in my life to watch it. but Yeah, that was the best TV Prozac I've had in some time. Right? Yeah. That's what, I mean, I know it's a tough sell. It's a sports show on Apple Plus. I yeah, understand there I are hurdles <laughs> required. However, it's so worth it because it's like, oh, 
that's nice that's just nice i feel nice i feel like there's (laughs) hope for humanity a teeny tiny bit exactly i go on reddit and it all goes away but for those 25 minutes (laughs) (laughs) i believe in the goodness of people again Yeah, we we had started Godless, and we were like, okay, we're finally going to take a run at this. We've got some time, and then watched one Ted Lasso, and we were like, nope, this nope. is what's happening. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Adjust course. <laughs> yeah. One of those ones where you're negotiating a bedtime, like, can we watch one more? Or should we save it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. It was I don't remember what was going on. I think something sad or stressful was happening. I mean, it was 2020, so everything so, yes. stressful <laughs> was happening and stumbling onto ted lasso it was such a breath of fresh dude yeah. <laughs> i wanted that for you guys so i'm glad that you you checked it out now i gotta get you to watch the boys god damn it i know yes watch you it. gotta watch the boys <laughs> <laughs> i know i've been it's it's hard because all the muppet shows dropped mm-hmm at once your time is spoken for <laughs> my time is a little bit spoken for especially by does anyone remember the the moomin shunts one no the women chance were they were on three two one contact also they were an experimental swedish mime troupe in the 70s and because it was the 70s they were like you know who would like this is children and so they put it (laughs) (laughs) they put it on three two one contact and there's a whole muppet show episode they had toilet paper attached to their faces whoa that sounds spooky. I do not remember that episode. You know what, though? There's some things about the Muppets. Even the theme song for their show, mm-hmm. when the Muppets are all singing, mm-hmm. it's got a really kind of unnerving, almost sinister vibe to it. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. I like, never I never liked the way. theme song as a kid. Whenever my sister would watch the show, I'd be in the next room till the, the theme song was over. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it really bothered me as a kid. Did you also hate Chuck E. Cheese and Showbiz Pizza and stuff? No, that stuff didn't bother me. But for mm. some reason, the, the Muppet theme song has always made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Oh, interesting. I never was bothered by Chuck E. Cheese, but the Showbiz Pizza ones always gave me the creeps. Yeah, Showbiz Pizza, the animatronics themselves are pretty creepy, but the music and stuff doesn't bother me. It's just whatever. Mm-hmm. There's somebody on YouTube that has got a set of those characters and takes requests and programs songs <laughs> the the, oh, the rock fire explosion band to play the songs and they're really something <laughs> <laughs> that must be awesome yeah, must yeah be great. i will send you guys a link it's all modern songs but some of the selections are choices yeah <laughs> yeah the uncanny i mean it's our early uncanny valley right it's disturbing yes yeah. yes I, I think I've shared actually... on here. I I was super creeped out by Lamb Chop. Mm. Oh, yeah. As a kid, I don't like adults speaking in child voices. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So. Okay, yeah. God. You know, looking at these characters again, I feel very validated in my fear of them. They are terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and definitely go watch. I'll put a link in the chat about the moment shots. There's one, I think the 321 contact one was one of them was inside of a long vacuum cleaner hose dancing with a ball or a balloon. And it's like watching a colon dance. It's so upsetting. Oh, huh. weird. That sounds bad right and again they're like 
and I showed it, I showed it to Mr. Matilda and he was like, no, this is great. And I was like, yeah, but you like prog rock. This is, you know, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you have a lot of King Crimson records. So this is up your alley. (laughs) So I showed it to him and he was like, this is, this is so interesting. This is great. (laughs) Nightmares. Oh shit. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll put it in the chat, but watch at your own risk. It is creepy. So, uh, my buddy Nick, him and his friends a while ago, the guys were all up together at a, at the cabin. And, you know, whenever we all get together, we all kind of play the asshole game. Which, you know, it's basically who can be the biggest asshole without getting punched in the face. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, one of the things that him and his friends do at the cabin is anytime somebody, they notice that somebody leaves, they'll lock the door on them. So okay. I guess they had all dropped acid. And oh, they're up no. there. And... For some reason, they started playing Menomina. Oh, no. <laughs> and so one of the one of the guys was not happy that they were playing it. So of course, they played it over and over again. Yeah, and Shit. he ended up getting locked out of the cabin for like two hours while they played Menomina over and over again. Oh no! I feel so... like that's not hoisted on your own petard situation. <laughs> no winners in the Menomina troll. So fast forward a little bit later, about a year or so later. And we have a, a buddy who's a pretty successful international DJ, and he's throwing a rave, and Nick's relaying this story to him, and he's like, huh, tell you what, let's let's fuck with him at the rave. <laughs> so <laughs> Nick, Nick gets this friend stoned, gets him dropped on acid right as he's peeking, our buddy switches over from his own original music and throws on Menomina. <laughs> which is a whole room full of ravers just dancing their ass off to this song. And this guy in the middle of the floor screaming, no! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. That's great. And that that song, I like it, but it is a brain worm that will follow you for a while. Oh, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that's a dangerous one. That's a you're playing with fire when you put on Menomina. Even talking about it now, we're I know, I'm thinking Menomina. about flirting with it. Mm-hmm. We're flirting with three weeks of singing that nonstop. Every time, <laughs> Every time our brain takes a tiny break, it's gonna be like, Menomina. No. We're gonna we're dancing with madness here a little bit, I know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let, let's move on. Let's move okay. on for it. Okay. <laughs> But what else have you been watching, Matilda? The other thing that's been going on is I finally got enough focus back to read a book. Oh, which yes. was look at you! Woo, after you know, twenty twenty, where focus was in short supply, and it turns out I do still have a little bit of an appetite for dystopian things because I read okay. two good ones I wanted to tell you about. One is "Before She Sleeps" by Bina Shaw, mm. and this is a dystopian novel about a city in south asia called green city like a fictional city uh but a virus has come through years before and made it so the population is that women are in very short supply Mm. and kind of how the society works that out so it's been touted as if you like the handmaid's tale definitely look at this it's really good it's a quick read it's really really well written it's not too grim okay because that could be super grim. No, it's it's really cool. The main character is a woman who, there's a small group of women who live underground. 
and one of the services that they give is they're basically like sex workers, but they do not have sex with you. They come and hold men while they sleep. Oh, oh. interesting. Wow. I guess, yeah, you would be pretty bereft of contact. Yes, yeah. they give people a certain kind of contact that they don't have, but the, the writing in this is so beautiful. Adding it to my list. Yeah, Bina Shah apparently has written some other books. She's a um, Pakistani author that I'm now very interested in exploring. And then the other one that I would recommend is the Last Policeman series by Ben Winters. Do you, do you all know him? No. Mm -mm. He wrote a book called Underground Airlines a couple of years ago that got a lot of play. This is a series. I'm only on book two, but it's really good so far. And the Last Policeman series is the dystopian kind of fiction is that in nine months, the world has figured out that a meteor is going to hit Earth. Oh, jeez. It's coming, right? And so it's kind of like how every how cultures and society is dealing with that. Well, I'm sure. Yeah. He's really in well. love and Ted Lasso for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so well written if you are a fan like I am, if you kind of love a paperback library Michael Connolly kind of vibe. You know, right, kind of right, right. Regimented dude central character. If you liked the Hieronymus Bosch stuff, this is for you. It's really it's really good. Nice. Yeah. All right, good looking out. Yeah. Awesome. How about you, Sarah? What have you been watching? Okay, so we already talked about Willy's Wonderland. Just finished the season finale of WandaVision, which Fancies. I gotta say, that show was awesome. Yeah, I really liked it. I just started it. Yeah. Kat and I have been talking about this because we've been watching WandaVision and The Chilling Adventures of, Sa of Sabrina at the same time. Mm -hmm. We haven't finished the last couple episodes of Sabrina because it feels like it freaking drags. Mm -hmm. especially compared to WandaVision. WandaVision gets going and it ends and you're like, wait, it just started. Like, yeah. Every episode feels like it's leading into the next episode and it does, but it also feels like it just gets started and it's done. And you're like, <gasps> you know, it leaves you definitely leaves you wanting more. And I can't wait to see where this is going. Yeah. Very mysterious. Yeah. 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 And so, like I said, uh, chilling adventures of Sabrina is the other one we've been watching. And yeah, <sighs> I wish I could say I was having fun. I feel like at this point I'm just kind of watching it to finish it. Let me change your life. You don't have to finish it. <laughs> you don't have to finish any show. You can quit whenever the fuck you want. Yeah, we got two more episodes to go, and I feel just like okay, we've already. I made know it this where far. it goes, and I'm telling you, you can quit if you want. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay to say bye-bye. <laughs> That's interesting you say that, though, because I really felt that. I only watched the first season, but to me, it felt like the show was focused on the wrong characters because her yes. cousin and the aunts were clearly the most interesting part of that show. Right? Yeah. 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 If you want to yeah. see some good, the thing I recommended last time, The Flight Attendant, Michelle Gomez, mm -hmm. who plays one of the aunts. Oh, I is, love Michelle Gomez. She's in The Flight Attendant. Uh, Michelle oh, Michelle nice. Gomez is the uh, the principal. She yeah, also plays Mrs. Lilith. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. or whatever. Or yeah, she Satan. also played uh, Missy in in a couple seasons of Doctor Who, and mm -hmm. she was phenomenal yep. in that too. Yep, she's such a delightful weirdo. Whenever she I is. see her in anything, even if yeah. what I'm watching, I'm just kind of like, whatever. I'm here for the Michelle Gomez of it all. Right. Mm -hmm. If you like her, <laughs> watch watch the flight attendant. If you like her, okay, she's okay, real good okay. That. That's right. good to know. That's good information. Yeah, I'll second. I really enjoyed WandaVision. 
I came for the costumes and stayed for the Catherine Hahn of it all. <laughs> right? She's oh, amazing. Oh my God, I love, I love her. her. I don't think we've seen the last of her, so I'm excited Ooh, to see. Cool. Yeah, because I because she plays kind of a character that has. You know, more... she's coming back. Yeah, I think when we get into Doctor Strange and the multiverse thing, she's going to be important. Uh, or, I think so too. Although, and then it also kind of ties to Captain Marvel too. I'm I'm very interested to see what that final final scene actually means when you hear that voice. Is that in Wanda's head? Is that part of the multiverse? Yeah, that... that's what I'm not sure about. I mean, because goddamn, that is a brutal way to go with that particular storyline. Yeah, it was just like, oh, dude, damn. Yeah. I was kind of like, go on, Marvel, get down with your bad self that you just did that to those characters. But right, but yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Awesome. But yeah, Matilda, you got to watch The Boys. I put it off, too, because I wasn't sure I was going to like it. And then I sat down and watched both seasons back to back, basically. Oh, OK. It's so good. The characters are really fun and really interesting. You'll fall in love with some of them. And it doesn't, like Rachel said, have all the superhero stuff that you don't tend to like. The action stuff happens really quickly and is sort of, you know, small compared to all of the stuff that it's saying about corporations and greed and uh, like so in a marvel movie and... everybody would punch each other five times and fly through buildings in the boys someone just gets their face ripped off into fight yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. and it's over. like graphically face ripped off into fight oh, oh dude that <laughs> was so awesome i know i know i know <laughs> it's so good yes. I, was, I i'm always shocked by the violence every yes. time I know. Every time. Yeah, the one big fight scene ends up with people inside the carcass of a whale. Just sitting <laughs> yes. inside the carcass of a whale having an existential <laughs> so crisis. Yes. There's stuff about Scientology in it. It's all the things, dude. My favorite is the whole military-industrial complex, white supremacist slash yes. evangelical Christian stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's pretty fucking great and mm-hmm. brutal. And season three is coming. It sounds so good because some of what I love and I do love in superhero movies is the social order pieces. Yeah. Uh-huh. How it kind of conceptualizes what superpowers change in the social order and how yeah. those are used by the powers that be. So if that it, is basically this entire show. Okay. That's what it's then about. I, yeah. That's I'd literally what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should have a deal, Rachel, that you finish Lovecraft Country and I'll watch the boys. I would 100% take that deal. Okay. <laughs> A 100% like without hesitation (laughs) would take that deal because I win in both cases. (laughs) I I love Craft Country is going to be awesome and you're going to love the boys. Another podcast. Matilda watches the boys. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll start it before the next our next show. I promise. Okay, and okay, I will awesome. I will start re- continuing with Lovecraft Country before our next episode, I promise. And I know once I start, it's going to have its own momentum. I'm just going to watch the whole thing. Maybe, although it's emotionally expensive <laughs> enough that you okay. might need a little break, breaky break okay. between them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to watch it all, so don't worry. Okay. That's a rock fact, which will make sense when we get later <laughs> in the review. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. The other movie I, I've been doing, the what you've been watching, a movie called The Dressmaker with mm. Kate Winslet and Liam Hemsworth. Not a horror movie, but I know you ladies would love it because one, it takes place in the 50s, so the fashion is fucking amazing. Costumes. <laughs> it's about a dressmaker, so there's awesome costuming. Hugo Weaving's also in it and he's absolutely charming, and the cinematography is absolutely fucking gorgeous. 
the plot itself, the story is both heart wrenching, and at the end of it, you're like, "Fuck yeah!" Okay, so that's good. Ooh, yeah, I'm okay. I'm familiar with this because I've seen many, many, many screenshots in my vintage sewing groups. <laughs> but I, yeah, yeah. But I, I got the sense that it was sad, so I was like, oh, "Well, maybe I'm already getting what I need out of this," which is just to look at all the costumes. But it's definitely sad, but also at the same time, the ending is just so cathartic. All right, I do love Kate Winslet, and I do love Kate Winslet in period dress. You know what? I just love the fact you got 40-year-old Kate Winslet being pursued by Liam Hemsworth, who thinks she's the most beautiful thing that has ever been on the planet, and it's believable. I mean, it's facts, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are just true facts. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. All right. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Oh, God. Matilda, this is terrifying. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh-oh. What's Matilda posting? The that moment weird, shots. yeah. I mean, it sounds it sounds like some sort of disorder you get if you become one. <laughs> oh God! Oh, okay, I do I remember, remember these. This. These things are just, just oh dear God. Do you remember? And they have clay faces, yes. and they pull them into they keep different expressions. Them. Yeah. Yes, yes. I do remember that. That's terrifying. <laughs> I'm gonna put the one with the the colon dance in there too. Oh, great! Thanks for that. <laughs> you're gonna somebody has to remember this who why in the 70s it was carob and moomenshans were just the terrors of 70s children yeah i remember carob i remember moonshots, but i do remember that bullshit i remember the trail mix where you thought you were getting chocolate chips and it was fucking carob uh. carob the lies the lies that i mean no wonder we as a generation are so conspiratorial right like we were fed carob at a young age like death to false chocolate yes death to false chocolate <laughs> <laughs> <a> rallying cry. <laughs> oh shit all right so really quickly i watched clarice which is the new cbs series that takes place mm -hmm. after the events of silence of the lambs and this time follows Clarice, who is kind of dealing with her PTSD after facing off with Buffalo Bill and the unnamed psychiatrist that helped her because apparently they do not have the right to animal lecture. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny how they try to avoid saying the name. They, they just keep talking about him and he. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they won't do it. Sort of the premise for this is that Clarice, like I said, is suffering from PTSD, but she's also kind of in a rough place with the FBI, because in addition to dealing with all this trauma, they've basically turned against her for reasons, I guess, because she's young and she wasn't actually a full FBI agent yet. And she, she was... went in on her own. That seems to be the sticking point. Yeah, I mean, because we all saw the movie. It's not like she really had a lot of choice there. Yeah. So, but okay. In, in, in the movie, too, I mean, she went in on her own doing an interview that she was asked to do and then realized... About, you know, halfway through, oh, fuck, this is the guy. Yeah. Right, right. It wasn't like she knew he was the guy and went in. She was already in the house when it happened. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. She was reacting to what was being done. I don't yeah. Know. Whatever. Whatever. It's just one of the many baffling choices made in this. Yes. So, as I was saying, the setup for this is not my favorite, but I could see there being something interesting that could be mined here. But I don't really feel like the show really takes advantage of that because no. inexplicably they have decided to take this and, and just basically paint it over a standard procedural. Mm. Yeah. 
it's basically criminal minds, but with a silence of the lamb skin over it. Pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 it's so it's it, not great. your enjoyment of this will largely land on whether or not you want to see another procedural. Uh, and I feel like yeah, you don't do that with Clarice Starling. I don't think it's fair to compare this to Hannibal because Hannibal is such an incredible like lightning in a bottle kind of thing. But I I at the same time to like make the story extra basic is definitely not the route that I would take. And I think the the role of Clary Starling herself is a tough one to fill. And the actor, I think, does a pretty good job. You know, it's an uphill battle, but I think she's got the accent right. She's got the physicality mostly there. It could have worked. I could I could see a world where this works. It also stars Cal Penn, who I love. Oh, so I was yeah. kind of rooting for this movie or this show. I wanted it to be good. I knew it was not going to live up to Hannibal, but I was like, maybe it will be its own thing and I will enjoy it for what it is because I love Clarice so much. She's the character yeah. that I was definitely most invested in in Silence of the Lambs. Pivotal character in my life. Mm-hmm. Love Clarice Starling. And so it's just, it was hard to watch this and just kind of see them squander this really cool opportunity to do something interesting. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's, yeah, it's so basic. Yeah. In the actual crime fighting part of it. Yeah. I think part of why you watch a show like Clarice is one, you want Clarice Starling. Yes. And you want her to be really good. Yes. And this I want her to be really good at her job but... and respected. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but here, like I said, the actress just does a serviceable job. I think a lot of that is due to the dialogue and what they have her doing, though, not necessarily the skill of the actor. Oh, so dumb. The writing is so dumb in this show. The writing is dumb. And I think the other thing you want out of that is serial killers, right? Right. And profiling. Yes. And the thing that is the most baffling to me about this is that it starts with what you think is a serial killer plot that will go for the entire season. And instead, it's not a serial killer. It's a conspiracy about Mm. medical stuff and God knows what. And then they pepper in other random stuff like a cult episode. It's so strange to me why they didn't go the serial killer route. That's why I'm watching this show. (laughs) Right. Clarice and the serial killers. What are you doing? It's just strange. And then they did this whole thing about the sexism in the workplace and how backwards the FBI is. And I get why they did that because it's in the movie too, right? Mm -hmm. But it just keeps going on and gets more muddled each episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like they did it very smartly in Silence of the Lambs. Yes. With subtle things like her getting the elevator with all those guys, but trying to, you know, not look nervous and, mm-hmm. and not look feel look as awkward as she feels in that situation. Or the mm-hmm. way that she gets sent away when they're at that morgue and then yes. they have the conversation uh-huh. and she's like, it matters. When you send me away, it matters. Those kinds of things are were much more subtle, much more nuanced, as opposed to the guys just sitting around laughing and putting stuff in her drawers and stuff. It's just so basic. Yeah. So basic. And I only got as far as the second episode. That was okay. when I gave, gave it two. You know what I mean? Normally I give things four, but I was just like, no, I'm not. I'm done. When she does the reverse psychology on this Ugh. mastermind at the compound, I was just like, you think I'm an idiot. You think I'm stupid. Right. And then all the sexism stuff suddenly goes away. And now the team thinks she's brilliant and is behind her. Such a quick turnaround of everything that they set up. Mm -hmm. And it's a dumb episode. 
Yeah. I watched the next two after that. I think oh, there have been four. Does it get any better? So far? No, not really. Okay. I mean, it goes back <laughs> to the overarching plot line to a certain degree. And so there are some interesting things that happen. But again, it's not a serial killer. <laughs> I just think it's weird that she's being haunted by the, what's yes. her name that was in the well. Yeah. How they've kind of turned her into kind of monstrous and she'll call her. Yeah, it's it's a little weird. And there are scenes where she's holed up in her mother's bedroom in her mother's house with the poodle mm-hmm. from the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, it feels weird. It feels and... like someone who doesn't have the rights to Hannibal, but wants someone calling Clarice. Exactly. And yeah. that's what it feels showing like. over and over and over again, these flashbacks to where she's looking at Buffalo Bill's back, but they again can't show him because <laughs> yeah. they don't have the rights to the, the film to use any of that footage right so they never show his face they just show this one shot of his back while he's hunched over it's also a scene that we have seen as an audience member but she would not have exactly so it makes no logical sense that she sees him do it's stupid and then she sees these dumb cgi moths coming out of everything yeah such a missed opportunity i hope someday they try again with and and make it a serialized show as opposed to you know just a procedural where she's i guess yeah. tracking somebody some sort of conspiracy of assassins or i don't know it's yes stupid that's what it is uh-huh okay dumb yep. moving on <laughs> on the other end of the spectrum i have been playing a game called the forest oh okay. and it is a survival horror game basically you are in a plane cr- you and your child are in a plane crash you land on this island you wake up everybody's dead except for your son and you see some creepy guy come on the plane some creepy cannibal dude come on the plane Mm. and grab your son and then you have to kind of survive on this island and try to find him but you have to build shelters and you have to because after a few days first cannibals and then mutants start showing up trying to kill you and you have to go into caves and find weapons and find supplies. And it's just sort of a survival with kind of a light story. Not light in terms of content. Very dark in terms of content. Very light in that there's not a ton of story there. But I've been playing it with the Here's Johnny guys and our friend Shannon. And we're going to start streaming that on Twitch as well. Oh, and nice. they've all played it before, whereas I am a newbie. So they take great delight in in putting me in scary situations (laughs) awesome (laughs) and i can always tell when things are about to go south for me when all of a sudden i can hear the joy in larry's voice and he's like go go ahead rachel go go around that corner yeah yeah go ahead why don't you lead us into this room damn it (laughs) has anybody run you over with a car yet no (laughs) (laughs) and can i can I ask, do you make the same delightful jump scare noise in video game playing that you do when you go to see a horror movie? Yes. <gasps> okay, now yes. I want to watch. Now I want to yeah. watch this stream. Yes. For people who so don't know, Rachel makes the best. Rachel has the most gratifying jump scare reactions. They're probably, they don't, probably don't feel good. <laughs> I mean, I that's what I'm there for in the moment. It's like, ah! I mean, that's what I'm signing up for when I'm watching horror movies. So I can't complain about it. It's more just embarrassing because I know I'm so uncool. (laughs) No, you're not. You're the person in the theater. It it is very additive to my enjoyment, I will say. That you're the person in the theater who's like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I mean, I'm sure it's annoying to other people in the theater who don't know me to have someone constantly be going, oh my God, oh my God. It's, I mean, <laughs> it's not for me either when you do it or when other people do it, because you know, okay, some of the good. joy of a jump scare is that there's a startle and then there's the laughter to come down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. Oh my God. <laughs> I just sound like such a dork. I don't know. Whatever. No, no. Remember when we went and saw Hereditary and there was, you could see the moment that Tony yeah. Collette appears, right? And there was the guy who was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> in the back of the <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. So yeah, definitely. If you want to play a game, check out The Forest. The sequel, Sons of Forest, is coming out pretty soon. And if you want to watch me or listen to me get scurred while people laugh at me. I do. Check out, here's Johnny's Twitch channel. You should uh, definitely subscribe to them while you're subscribing to us. Okay, awesome. Let's take a quick break and listen to a commercial from our buddies. Speaking of, here's Johnny. And then we will get into our reviews. We haven't even talked about what we're talking about, but I guess we'll get into that after the break. Tales of giant monsters are as old as tales themselves. But what makes those stories fit into the kaiju genre and just how scary can they be? Larry and Justin are pursuing this very knowledge on the Here's Johnny podcast, a horror show that arrives every week, just like your favorite radio drama. But instantly, through forbidden sciences known as Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. There are a ton of kaiju out there to learn about. Just listen to your local emergency officials and stay out of their paths. Wait, say that again? Uh, sorry, folks. I'm getting a message from our staff. Uh, folks, we're getting reports that a massive creature has just risen off the coast of this station and is heading this way. Please follow evacuation protocol and... Listen to the Here's Johnny podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. All right. So, plan for this episode. Now, Ariel, this was a you-produced episode. What are we going to be talking about today? We're going to be talking about Hunted and Gretel and Hansel. All right. Now, what made you decide on these movies? So, I saw Gretel and Hansel when it first came out at the beginning of last year. And I really thought it was such an interesting movie that we needed to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so ever since then, I've kind of been hanging on to that thinking, well, what could we build an episode around? And Mm -hmm. then when I saw that there was going to be a Red Riding Hood inspired horror movie that was coming out this year, I was like, okay, well, that's a good pairing. Let's do it. Right, right. Mm -hmm. I was kind of surprised you picked this because, you know, we keep track of all the movies that we watch every year. We have a doc. And yes. we put ratings on them. And yeah. you didn't seem to like Gretel and Hansel. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm totally fine with watching this. But I was like, interesting that you'd be like, you know what? I want to spend my every five episodes like, <laughs> a movie that I didn't really like. <laughs> so. Okay. So a couple of things. Yeah. One, there are things about Gretel and Hansel that we'll get into that I don't think work. But it is so visually stunning and there's so many cool parts of it that I thought would make a good conversation. Mm -hmm. So I think even in the episode where I talked about Gretel and Hansel and what you've been watching, I talked about how I thought we should all watch it together, even though it wasn't a favorite of mine from last year. I know that sounds weird, but I just thought it would be fun. Yeah. And then the other thing, honestly, is I had a list of like six different ideas and I can never decide on any of them. So I just put some in the chat and you guys pick this one. (laughs) (laughs) It made my life a lot Mm -hmm. easier. Fair, fair. 
yeah. That's how you don't end up in a situation like me where I pick something and then halfway through it, I'm like, no, I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and Summer's like, yes, I remember that selection. <laughs> I know where me, sometimes I pick them and then I'm like, what have I done when I remember what it is when I'm rewatching right? it again? Right. <laughs> yeah, totally. You mean like the oh. Aronofsky picks? It was more the so Liquid everybody... Sky one. <laughs> oh, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Liquid, Sky, Liquid Sky was fun. It was fun, though. Yeah. I really loved uh, What was that? I was paired with Under Her Skin mm-hmm. or Under... Yeah. Under the Under Skin. The skin. Under yeah, the that Skin. that was a good episode. That was such a good movie. I think mm-hmm. about that movie. That movie, that's one of the ones that has visuals that live free in my head. Yes. Yeah, there was yeah, something in one totally of these for this time that reminded me a bit of the end of that. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. In hunted. I'm trying to remember. In hunted. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you meant when that blood puddle turned into something in Hansel and Gretel. No, but I loved that too. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. So, which one do you want to start with, Ariel? You can go either way. Oh, it doesn't oh. matter. Oh, hang on. Do we have a preference? In case this is your first time listening, oh yes, listeners know. Thank you. But if it's your first time listening, we spoil everything. So if you haven't seen these movies, stop right now. Go watch them. They're worth it. And yeah, just know that we're going to spoil it. Thanks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good, <laughs> Good looking one. out. Yes. This is your job because I will always forget to give spoiler warning, Sarah. You are spoiler warning, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you for remembering. You have, you have now, you have adopted a job. Sorry. <laughs> it's like that thing where you break dishes so you don't have to wash dishes. You yeah. did the opposite of that. So now you're spoiler warning, Sarah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So which one do you want to do first, Ariel? You decide. Hunted? Hunted. Okay, cool. All right, so quick details on this one. All right, so this is directed by Vincent Par- Parnaud. I believe he's spelled Parnaud. Because he's a French writer and director who is most well known as the co-writer and director of the Oscar-nominated Persepolis. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Cool. That surprised me. Was anybody yeah. else surprised Same. by that? Yes. That is very surprising. Yes, I was very <laughs> surprised. like very different kinds of movies uh-huh. but i guess yes. maybe not if you want to go super meta one of them is a very thoughtful arty animated film the other one is kind of exploitation art house so yeah but they're both about a woman's journey i guess i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well and the first one was already the graphic novel memoir yes yeah mm-hmm. so yeah all right anyways synopsis lay it on us matilda all right, so Hunted is from 2020 and stars Lucy DeBay, Arya Wardhalter, and Syrian O'Brien. So the synopsis. The company of wolves is better than that of men. So goes the children's fairy tale in the prologue to Hunted, a modern retelling of Little Red Riding Hood. Eve, a woman on a business trip, meets a man in a dance club and they hit it off. They get into his car and things go very, very wrong. She's kidnapped by the man and an accomplice and forced to survive in the woods as she flees their brutal violence. Yes. Nice. Mm -hmm. All right, Sarah, tell me what you thought of this movie. This movie was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) This movie was great. I mean, granted, once once she escapes the car and first, I mean, first of all, I wouldn't have gone anywhere without my cell phone, even if somebody was bothering me. You know, calling the wanting to talk about, I guess, their relationship or whatever. But, you know, I wouldn't have gone anywhere without my cell phone. But the second thing is, if I were in that situation, once I walked into that convenience store, I would have been like, hey, call the cops. Somebody just tried to to kidnap me. I don't know if they were fucking with me, but I want to report this. Mm -hmm. You know, but those two things didn't happen. 
But barring that, yeah, no, this movie was was great. I mean, it was suspenseful. It was the the chase, you know, have a lot of chase scenes. It was nice that Eve was proactive in her survival. Mm-hmm. You know, she wasn't afraid to to fight and confront even from the beginning. That rock. Ooh, that mm-hmm. rock. That rock was so. Yeah, so I enjoyed the hell out of this. And the ending is just so cathartic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very that. Yeah. And and I did learn a lesson. Okay. Never tase somebody I think is dead. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, Ooh. yep. All right, cool. How about you, Matilda? What did you think of this movie? I really liked this, and I especially loved the last act mm-hmm. in the model home. Yeah, yes. something about a fight like that in a model home, and it really reminded me. It had strong elements of revenge. Mm, yes, me. yes, 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 yes. There were some parts in the middle where I felt like there were some point of view problems sometimes. Yeah in this being a survival horror and exploitation movie because the threatened violence against this woman is so intense. There was, I feel like the the filmmakers really were kind to her, but on the other hand, were pretty obsessed with this sociopath Mm -hmm. (laughs) in a way that I had a harder time with it at moments. Yeah. But overall I thought it was great. And as we should, as we know on the internet, you should not read the comments. Uh, Don't read them on shutter either oh, oh really? really yeah if you want to see some like i'm so sick of this feminist you know go then go read that <laughs> but okay. otherwise really that's so lame yeah. <laughs> yeah, damn. which you know was interesting in an exploitation movie right yeah. right I-, I did not feel like this was a heavy-handed kind of no feminist message no. actually and was right. in fact a little bit traumatizing. So. It's almost just your basic slasher movie. Yeah, you mm-hmm. have somebody who is chasing a victim, and then you have a final girl at the end. I don't know. I don't feel. I don't feel like there was this deep message about female empowerment in it. It just. Mm-hmm. I mean, she basically became Amy um, in Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I feel like those comments say a lot more about the person leaving the comments than they do about the movie itself. Yes. Yeah. And I saw them beforehand, and it, it made me expect something a little different than what I got, I think. Mm, interesting. Interesting. You know, I never look at the Shutter reviews, ever. I don't think I've ever looked at one. They are so I probably... uneven. Really? Oh, Well, this yeah. movie, I remember being... I wasn't sure going into it if it was going to be any good, because I remember how divided the movie reviews are which means one of two things either i'm gonna be really into it or it's not a very good movie you know what Mm -hmm, i mean mm -hmm. right it could really be one or the other it could be that people are just it worked for you or it didn't or it could be that it's you know touches on some third rail kind of stuff you know what i mean yeah and so i i i I ended up watching this one first because i felt like i knew i was probably gonna like the second one better and i liked them both but then i was kind of like it's kind of good i'm I'm Mm kind of into this (laughs) Yeah. yeah Yeah, yeah. How about how about you, Ariel? What did you think of this movie? So I think I might be the lone dissenter in this one. I didn't okay. really like it that mm-hmm. much. Okay. There are things that I did really like about it. For instance, the shots in the forest are all beautiful. It's mm-hmm. such high contrast and watching her in this red jacket against all the greens and grays and browns is really beautiful. 
I thought it was shot really nicely that way. And there are some scenes that are really cool. The one where she falls backwards into the water, mm-hmm. for instance, mm-hmm. is great. You were talking about the tasering scene in the movie. I thought yeah. that whole mm-hmm. bit with the kid and his mom was all really good and really interesting. Mm-hmm. There is a part where there's this weird thing where he sort of has a flashback or something to a paintball war and she gets shot in the face with blue paint and then she sort of goes braveheart and she's running with the weapon in the air uh-huh and her hair that was great back yeah i thought that was really cool and fun but for me a couple of things were pretty major detractors one the accents in this movie are bizarre yeah, that that is true. That is true. <laughs> I literally looked to see if it was originally filmed in English because I thought maybe I was accidentally watching a dubbed version of it for a few minutes because not only are the accents weird, but I also think the acting is pretty stiff in a lot of this movie. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Okay. And just a little off. But my main complaint is something that Matilda just touched on, which is that this movie spends an inordinate amount of time focused on a villain who I didn't think was very interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. It's so much of the movie is from his perspective and showing what he's doing all the time. And I kind of just got sick of this guy. I just thought he took up too much of the movie. But I think maybe that's a personal thing because it doesn't sound like it really bothered some of you. But I just thought he wasn't fascinating yeah. enough to spend mm. that much time on yeah. his character trait is misogyny i don't know what else yeah right there is to him exactly yeah. and i felt like they sort of explored some of the dynamic between him and the guy he was with but not enough that i really cared mm-hmm. i i don't oh, know I interesting just, there were parts okay. of it that i just that just didn't work for me So I think that there are some fun parts in this, and I think the ending is cathartic, but it also is just a little off and silly. Rachel, you mentioned this in the Discord that the Mm -hmm. security guard says cowboy, like calls the guy a cowboy. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's just the acting in this is weird and off, and Mm -hmm. it threw me, and I just, it kept taking me out of the story. And even when she kind of goes into berserker mode at the end, the way she's screaming and stuff felt more silly than it did authentic to what was happening to her interesting to me okay fair enough see this is why the movie's divisive (laughs) right (laughs) this is a perfect example of why this is like kind of the the latest in the woman surviving dude who's hunting her genre which i i think i like because it actually scares Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. yes oh i agree with that 100 percent. a recent fave was that movie alone which you watched the wrong Wrong alone movie. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, so watch the one that's directed by John Hyams. Maybe okay. you'll like that one better. It's much <laughs> more subtle in terms of the performances and stuff. Everything is a little more low-key and deadpan, and there's almost no dialogue in the movie. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, because the guy doesn't have a sidekick that he's talking to. So both characters are essentially silent through most of the movie. So maybe that one will be more your jam. I really liked it. The other thing that this movie made me think a lot about was Poughkeepsie Tapes. Because oh, the little okay. the little flashbacks or like the little tidbits of video that we saw sure. reminded me a yeah. lot of that movie, which is yeah. another movie that is really it is fucked and yeah, it is. probably it's a weird thing to be a fan of that movie, but I do really that movie's so effective mm-hmm. that it, and again it's another one that also has some acting problems, but because it's so effective, 
I find and it and it was so chilling. I find that I liked it. And I that same thing is kind of happening with this movie for me. From the moment when he flips the switch in the car and the guy gets in and they start driving and they're kind of toying with her. Yeah. That stuff is chilling to the bone to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I and agree. and totally. like as someone who's chasing the movies that scare me feeling, that one this one got me together. It was very scary. And then when they reappear at the convenience store, all of that stuff really worked for me. So I think that's a big part of what I liked about this movie. And in those genres, what I like is the this genre is that cat and mouse. And I also don't want the girl to die at the end. Those yeah. are kind of the things that I want. That's the formula that I want from this movie. Yeah. So another movie called uh, Ravage. Do not recommend. Because yeah. okay. do okay. not recommend. Because it does not have those elements for me. And I'm not going to tell you which ones they are. I'll I'll let you figure it out. Well, and maybe given but, what you've been watching recently, this was a little bit of a corrective emotional experience to have this yes. 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 So I think that's a big part of why I liked it. I also, I found the villain to... One of the things that I need for this movie to work is I need for the villain to be convincingly terrifying. He, to me, was convincingly terrifying. Mm-hmm. And I didn't actually mind kind of digging into his psychology a little bit because I felt I felt like it was critical of it. And I thought that the, the actor was actually, it was a good performance for me. I mean, some of the language, there's moments where it's clearly English as a second language for the scriptwriter because the word means the right thing. Yeah. But isn't the one that we would use kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so that was, it was kind of almost interesting to see like, oh, this is what it must be like for like every British person who watches all of our period dramas. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's kind of, I felt it was fascinating on that level. So while I was like, ooh, or anachronistic, I also, it didn't really bother me. It didn't pull me out of the movie. Yeah, I don't know. I, I liked this movie. I thought it was really scary and I liked her. I liked looking at her. I thought he was well cast as a big bad wolf because he looks mm-hmm. like a freaking wolf. And I thought she was really well cast as a grown-up fairy tale character. I thought it was visually striking when she was moving through the forest. There's a couple of really cool standout scenes where she's walking in the forest and they've spotted her and the accomplice is chasing her and she hasn't heard him yet. But you can see him, her in the foreground and him in the background catching up to her. I thought was extremely chilling. And then it's punctuated with some pretty shocking violence that dabbles in the French extreme horror end of the spectrum, but doesn't go full martyrs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the stuff with the boulder to the face or the arrow in the ear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, there's these parallels between the the boy and the hunter that we'll get into in, the, in Hansel and Gretel. I kind of feel like they felt it had sort of a fairy tale vibe to it. The ways that they kind of modernized and weaved in fairy tale beats I thought were really interesting. And yeah, they end when she just is bully feral. She's just like, okay, I'm in full. This is what survival looks like. And she goes into that. I was, I'm with Sarah that it was pretty cathartic yeah. in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that was a flashback with the paintball no, thing. Was that? The paintballs I, wasn't a flashback. I think they just stumbled I think they stumbled through it. some people playing paintball yeah, in the woods. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, That's why she got so the paint misty. on her face. It looked like... Yeah, no, I think that was people throwing yeah, smoke that's, bombs. Yeah, that's how she got it. Yeah, that's how she got the, the paint in her face because she got smacked yeah. with a paintball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I saw that. It just, 
No, it I think so that really happened. Field, and it was so there was this misty quality to it. And they, yeah, like, I think they were using smoke bombs to, yeah. to play paintball. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I they just ran into a paintball so. game. That's all it was. Yeah. But in I can the middle see... of this forest where there's okay. Yeah. All right. If you were a paintball person and you had access to the forest, <laughs> you think you wouldn't use that? Of course you would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All I right. mean, like I did you have? I mean, there's places you go to play paintball, but I dated boys in the early 90s let me tell you they went into the woods and played <laughs> yes <laughs> it was and let that me tell did... you getting hit with those motherfuckers they hurts. are crazy sure. i mean i've not oh. been hit with one but i can remember seeing the bruises mm-hmm. and just being like why is this your hobby and that was probably with them wearing armor <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah they had the full face mask and stuff and mm-hmm. armor and stuff but yeah anyways so yeah i liked that about it i was sad when the huntress went out I really yeah. liked her. I liked the, yeah. I loved the introduction of the story. I liked that both of the movies paralleled and that they start with a telling of a, of a fairy tale to kind of mm-hmm. set the stage for what's mm-hmm. going to follow. Good parallels there. And overall, I just, I found it to be effective. I think your criticisms are totally fair. The ones that are actually critical about maybe some perspective. And I think if you don't like a movie, you just don't like a movie and that's totally fine. That becomes down to personal taste. But for me, I liked it. I liked it more than I expected. And maybe I had low expectations going in and that helped me. Yeah. But I kind of was like, yeah, I'm into this. It was pretty to look at and really scary to me. So what else can you ask for? (laughs) What did you all think of the way the animals are helping her? I mean, I feel like that falls into the fairy tale thing, right? right? That's where we get into Mm -hmm. the Disney princess of Mm -hmm. it all. Yeah, I did think that was cool, especially the crow yeah. on the, the mm-hmm. head. Yeah. I thought that was really cool, and him attacking him, and the wolf attacking him. Wasn't there also a scene where he throws up a frog, though? Yes. yes. What was up with that? I don't know, but I, mean, I wanted more I think more that's of nature it. turning yeah. on him. Yeah, I wanted it's, more Yeah, of I it. thought if they leaned into that more, mm-hmm. I, I wish they had. At the beginning, when she's telling the fairy tale, she's talking about how the wolves and the forest protect the innocent. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it was nature turning on him. Because with the exception of when she kept running uphill, which I was like, downhill, girl, downhill. (laughs) But she could kind of move through the forest with ease where they were tripping on things and getting caught by branches. The environment was much more hostile to them Mm -hmm. than it was to her. So there's Mm -hmm. some obvious stuff with the frog, but then there were some subtle things throughout where it was kind of following this idea that the forest was definitely in her favor. Yeah. Yeah. I was wanting a little bit more of it. I think I kind of wanted a little bit more of like a serious ant attack or something like that. I think if this had a slightly more surrealist bent, Mm. then it would have taken it out of the straight up survival horror stuff, which is just kind of not my genre. I wouldn't have minded a little bit more in the fairy tale. Yeah, I agree. Because all that stuff was really cool and visually really interesting. Mm -hmm. This would be also a good pair with the, what's the Reese Witherspoon one? The fairy, the Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, Freeway. Yes, mm. Freeway would have been another good pairing with this one. Yeah, I could also... see that. I could totally see that. Well, I mean, it's another retelling of the Big Bad Wolf, right? And it's another yeah. one where yeah. girl gets in car, things go badly. Yep. I haven't seen that in years. I need to revisit that. Oh, I don't know that I've ever great. seen that. I think I've seen it. Oh, you haven't mm-hmm. seen it? Oh, I don't think so. Well, maybe we oh, need man, to it was back it. when Reese Witherspoon was, she did Freeway, she did So Fucking What?, election and uh-huh. all those good movies super edgy mm-hmm. yeah yeah super edgy indie movies yeah it well it's got keeper sutherland in it mm. it's and brooke good... shields oh right brooke shields oh. is in it i forgot she's keeper sutherland's wife 
Mm -hmm. Right. Right, 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 right. Yeah, we should maybe, Sarah, keep it in your back pocket for a future pick because we should probably go there at some point. Should I make you watch Confessions of a Trick Baby also? Ugh, Again? What the hell is What's that? No, thank, especially <laughs> no. not now in this post-Marilyn Manson world. No, no, God. And he's not in it. Isn't he? Oh, no, right. It's, no. it's Vincent Gallo, right, that yeah. plays the, yeah, 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 yeah. You can see why I would be confused. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so there's Freeway, and then there's Freeway 2, Confessions of a Trick Baby. Ugh. And Rachel, one time, a long time ago, was on a podcast where they talked about Confessions of a Trick Baby, and, well, there was about an hour rant of Rachel not having anything nice to say about it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care for that film. (laughs) I would watch it again if you really wanted me to, and see if maybe I have evolved on it, which happens, you know? I'll watch a movie at one point in my life. Have some life experiences. Ha- watch other movies. It's got you know. Natasha Leone. Come on. I know. I want to love it. I want to love it. I just think <laughs> I loved the first one so much. And it's such a divergence from the first. And some of the acting is a little... But Yeah, because the, the first one's a drama. Confessions of a Trick Baby is like a Carlton Mellick novel. Yeah, It's I just know. bizarro. It is indeed. Anywho, so Hunted. Um, <laughs> the podcast is divided. Choose your own adventure. Takeaway <laughs> from that one. All right, so it's available on Shutter. Don't read the reviews. Don't re- I mean, don't read any Shutter reviews. As part of what I learned is that they're all one and yeah. one in five skulls. They're not useful. Okay, fair has been my experience. All right, let's move on to our second film. Now, the next one we're going to be talking about is Gretel and Hansel, and this is also from 2020. It is directed by Oz Perkins, who had previously directed The Black Coat's Daughter and I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House, and most recently directed an episode of The Twilight Zone, R.I.P., just got canceled. He's also an actor who most peeps would recognize as the weirdo from Legally Blonde. And, uh-huh. and yes, Oz Perkins is related to Anthony Perkins. He is his son. Okay. A little background yeah. information for you. All right. Matilda, you have the synopsis for this bad boy. Tell us about Gretel and Hansel. I do. So this is starring Sophia Lillis, Samuel Leakey, and Alice Krieg. Kicked out by their unwell mother, a teenage Gretel takes her younger brother into the dark woods in search of food and work. The two discover a seemingly friendly woman in a house of abundance, but much leaves Gretel unsettled. All right. So... Matilda, why don't you start us off? What did you think of Gretel and Hansel? So I really, really loved this movie. All right. You know, I think that you have to kind of settle in for the pace, which is not swift. (laughs) No. 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 But I was saying, you know, before we started that I did fall asleep in this movie, but I think it was hypnosis rather than boredom. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think this movie hypnotized me. It's so beautiful. So, 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 Mm -hmm. so beautiful. So beautifully shot. All of the kind of new, old, out of time stuff about the design of this movie is just gorgeous. Yes. From the architecture to the clothing. This was another one that I had some, there were were a variety of accents. Happening. Yeah, Yeah. that's fair. (laughs) Even in the same family, I was like, okay, this is like the first day at the Renaissance Fair when the guild meets and they're like, like, what 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 accent are we doing? But (laughs) are we straight American? Are we not? You know, we don't know. 
But overall, I thought this was such an interesting story and such an interesting, I mean, ultimately, to spoil this, it's kind of like a coming of age movie for Gretel. Yeah. In a way that was super cool. And I really, Mm -hmm. I really, really liked it. I don't know. What did you all think? I enjoyed it. I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. The pace moves on it pretty slow. It's very plot driven or maybe character driven is what I'm thinking versus action driven like Mm -hmm. Hunted was. And so when I first started watching it, I actually had to go back and and start over again because in five minutes, there's a big expedition dump in the front. And so if you don't pay attention to that, you get kind of lost in the middle of the movie. You have to pay attention to that because it's so dialogue heavy and it moves kind of slow. So I wasn't real sure about it, but I actually really enjoyed it. All right. Now, Ariel. (laughs) (laughs) round two of this movie what'd you think of Gretel and Hansel so there were things the first time that I watched it that I really loved and things that I didn't like so much I still think there are a couple of problems with it but I liked it so much more the second time through interesting so I mean one the thing I recognized the first time and the reason I wanted you guys to see it was because it's so visually stunning Mm -hmm. I mean Mm -hmm. this movie is just beautiful Mm -hmm. and it's shot in a really interesting way where everything kind of focuses on the center of the screen and i i'm not positive but i think the aspect ratio is different Mm. than normal for this movie but yeah everything how dark it is but then there are these pops of color it's just so pretty and then when the movie really takes off and you have gretel finally go into that i don't know if you want to call it like basement that white room that mm-hmm. all of a sudden is so modern and so starkly white. And then you just have all of these visually stunning scenes. For instance, when the the witch, you finally see her as a young woman and she just raises out of the floor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was amazing. When she dumps all the human body parts and viscera onto the table and turns it into food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just so weirdly pretty in this super dark way that I just loved i love the look of the witch i love when she's older and she has that really cool witch's hat and Mm -hmm. her staff and she looks awesome when she's in her younger form too where she has all these really cool tattoos i love the black fingers yeah yes Yes. love the black fingers yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and there's just the pops of color are so cool in this for instance there is a scene where the witch is telling gretel about her life before she turned into this witch creature and she talks about how her daughter the girl in the pink bonnet or whatever told her she had to kill her children and eat them in order to become powerful Mm -hmm. and the scene that they show is just her and her children going into this little tiny house that they live in and then red smoke coming out of the chimney Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. such a cool visual way of showing you what's happening without yeah without actually showing it So there's a lot of stuff like that in this movie that are just beautiful. I also liked all of the period stuff with Gretel sort of Mm. becoming a woman Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, where she's, you know, seeing all this blood downstairs and then wakes up from a dream and realize she's gotten her first period and her sheets are red. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's just so much about this that is creepy and unsettling and super atmospheric. I mean, I really think it is an atmosphere piece more than anything else. And so one of the things that I struggled with the first time I watched it, and I still think is a little bit of an issue, is just that narratively it's very thin. Mm-hmm. There's not yeah. much of a story to it. It's really about the visuals kind of being 
strung together by little bits of narration or narrative. I feel like that's an Oz Perkins style. Though. I definitely <laughs> you, think I think it you is. need to yeah. just buckle in for tons of atmosphere and very little narrative. <laughs> right. I mean, Black Coat's Daughter, exactly the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I love that movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that you do have to go into it kind of knowing that it's going to be more of an art piece and all about the atmosphere. And you're not going to get to know the characters super well. And there's not going to be a big storyline to it. But there is so much in this movie that is just breathtakingly beautiful and so interesting. Mm-hmm. I think one of the other problems I had with it is that you have all this buildup of learning about the witch and how powerful she is and how she gained her powers and sort of what they all mean. And then Gretel defeats her in under 30 seconds, basically. (laughs) (laughs) It takes her no time at all to figure out how to kill this witch. And I I thought if that scene had lasted for a longer time or there had been more than one attempt maybe – that that would have been a little bit better. I also think that sometimes the narration got a little cheesy. I think you could have had a little less of that and it, it might've been stronger. There were a couple of scenes with the narration that didn't work as well for me at the very end. The final shot I think is really great with her fingers turning black, mm-hmm. but that scene where the ghost children sort of disappear into the mist, I thought was pretty cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I can see that. But ultimately, I ended up liking this movie so much more than I did the first time. And I think it's because I knew what I was getting into. The first time I watched it, I did not realize that it was made by the same guy who had done Black Coat's Daughter and All the Pretty Things. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really understand what I was getting myself in for. And so I think the lack of a narrative arc bothered me more. And now that I knew that wasn't part of it, I was just able to enjoy the visuals of it. Fair, fair. Yeah, I think I'm on the same sort of page with Matilda on this one. I really loved this movie yeah. a lot. I found it, like I said, again, before the show, so weirdly soothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is slowly paced. and I, But I also was prepared for that, which probably helped me. But I felt myself kind of just sinking into this movie. And again, it's like this hypnotic thing. This movie has almost like a hum to it. That if you're in the mood for this, if you have the patience for it, and just kind of let yourself drift along with it, it is kind of, yeah, I don't know. It's like a hammock of a horror movie. And I mean that in the most positive mm-hmm. way. It, it's similar to how I felt with Black Coat's Daughter, where you just kind of, you could not expect a ton of action. You needed to just let the movie play itself out and see where you end at at the end of it. And that works for me uh, in this case, especially because there's so much atmosphere in this movie. It yeah. just there is yeah. drips oh, with atmosphere. Yeah. And then there's this sort of undercurrent of dread throughout, which I think is hard to capture. But that is what Oz Perkins does, is he, he gives you little sort of bursts of horror. But mostly what he's interested in doing is kind of creating this permeating sense of dread and i think he does a good job with this you know i i kind of wish this is a movie i had seen as teen rachel you know what i mean Uh like teen rachel would have been about yeah i mean old ass rachel is too but teen rachel would have been (laughs) nuts for it i think sophie lillis is 
amazing as she always yeah. is. Oh, like, she's so good. I love her. It would be t- difficult to carry a movie with almost no real dialogue mm-hmm. if you weren't able to kind of emote and tell a story with your your silent performance. Again, we're coming back to Nick Cage. Doesn't need dialogue to tell a story. Turns out <laughs> neither does Sophie Lewis. She says so much with her her performance and her her expressions and her physicality. Yeah, I agree. But quiet moments. I agree. Mm-hmm. Between this movie and that I am not okay with this series, I am like oh, a, I love yeah. that show. Oh, I'm so bummed so it got canceled. Me too. I am like I a now a Sophia so Lillis super fan. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. good. I mean, and in this one the dialogue is written in this sort of halting, old-fashioned way. And mm-hmm. I think for a lot of young actors, they would struggle with selling that. And she sells no, it. No, no. You never yeah. really – yeah. I, and the stuff between her and Alice Krieg, who also is so amazing oh, in so this. Good. I so was good. very happy to sit and watch them talk across a table for a yes. long mm-hmm. time. I mean, it's so good, and and there's so much about it that's a chess game between the two of them, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. where they each have their own agenda and are trying to sort of outwit the other one. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I also really love how this movie inverts sort of the idea of it's a fairy tale about children losing their path mm-hmm. other than the the witch in the can the gingerbread house the thing you remember from it is leaving the breadcrumb trail and getting eaten by the the birds and stuff right instead yeah. of it being about losing your path it's about this young woman finding mm-hmm. hers and finding her power right. mm-hmm. and i and i loved that i also just loved like you said like that chess game there's this tension that is constantly throughout the the interactions between these two women about you know does this witch want to consume her because we all have this collective knowledge of the story behind this right and so a lot of that does a lot of the work for us because it's a lot of watching it to see how much of this is going to follow the story do we know what's going to happen or is it going to subvert it and in some ways it does definitely kind of adhere to the story especially at the end the thing you don't like about it is how easy the end is but the end of the hansel and gretel story is they push her in the fire true mm-hmm. yeah here's this powerful witch but they push her in an oven you know what i mean she gets pushed in her own oven it's just that it's an open air oven apparently right, right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> which visually looked freaking rad dude and yeah, i love her did. Just driving good. that staff deeper and deeper into the wall till her neck's just like <laughs> yeah yep it's also this idea of she's aging right and here's this young person at the beginning yeah. of her journey and i was thinking a little bit of season three of american horror story where she's like as one oh, rises uh-huh. the other falls mm, kind right. of thing right so she's becoming the new supreme so so maybe that explains it i don't know i mean you're right that there is a little bit of a plot hole there but i don't know that that's fair that's a fair criticism yeah and again i mean we've all already said it the the look of this movie is stunning i mm-hmm. love all this brutalist architecture just dropped in the middle of this fairy tale forest Yes, you know, but with the... these curvy Art Nouveau windows. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So those windows are amazing. It's. I was so worried she was going to break one of them. I know. <laughs> she got that rock. I was like, no, no, no. I mean, I, listen, if I came across that, I'd be like, sorry, I got to kill the person who owns this so I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, I love it because it's so... The architecture is genuinely frightening, mm-hmm. right? Because it's this very yeah. dark, aggressive... Architectural style, and then of course it's all 
painted in pitch black, matte yeah. black. And it, it's creepy because of the, you know, the style itself is dark and aggressive. But also when you put it in this forest setting and it's just so uncanny and so wrong and so unnatural looking in the place that it becomes incredibly sinister, but also aesthetically pleasing. So it's both sinister and seductive and it kind of does for us as the audience for our eyes what the smell of cakes and gingerbread would do for the characters in the movie it draws you in it's mysterious it's very appealing if i came across it in real life no i'd probably run but as an audience <laughs> member from the safety of my couch i'm like yes go in go because i want to know what's inside this totally strange inappropriate what the hell is it doing here mm -hmm. mysterious thing and i yeah. you know yep. i i love that about it you know the starkness of the setting is part of what makes it so scary yes the side of the shed do you remember that with all the yeah. little yes, it's, textural it's almost, things? Oh, so good. Yes, it kind of has almost like a Googie style, mm -hmm. mid-century modern atomic, but then it's in that matte black mm -hmm. with those mm -hmm. super sharp lines that get into this weird gothic brutalist thing. I fucking love yeah. it. I'm like, can I have that shed in my backyard? Will I get burned <laughs> at the stake just for having it? Because I love it. Uh, so cool. So, so cool. Performances, great across the board. Oh, God. And the silhouettes of the witches in the woods. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was great. Come on. I love the shape of the little pink hat that was the reoccurring mm -hmm. sort of horn of plenty motif mm -hmm. that we got throughout. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But then there's the one witch that turns her head and it's the two horns. I was like, yes, <laughs> give it to my eye. Apply directly to my eyeballs. <laughs> I want to be, I want to look at this forever. It's so, such a great looking movie. I think this movie definitely got done dirty by its marketing. Yeah. I think yeah, people probably like, were expecting something a lot more action packed and they got a total art house film. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think between the bad marketing and people bitching about the fact that Gretel's name was first made it many people get turned off by it and so it didn't so really find its stupid. audience i feel like last year uh -huh. yeah yeah it's it's dumb yeah i really really liked this movie a lot <laughs> i'm like oz perkins homie what are you doing next you got a yeah. guaranteed ticket sale from me yeah. i have i need to watch that i have the one i have not seen is the pretty i'm the pretty thing who lives in the house i have not seen that one I mean, it's it's very much in the same vein, and well, it's I'm really interesting like it. with all these things happening in this house. I'm yeah. going to like it. I probably. think that's probably mm -hmm. a guarantee, because I love his other two movies, and I know what I'm getting into. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it does sort of lull and cocoon you in atmosphere in the same way that his other, that Gretel and Hansel and the Black Coat's daughter does, so mm -hmm. you'll probably enjoy that part of it, too. Yeah. The other thing that this movie made me think a lot about, and I'm going to recommend if you guys have not watched it, especially in fall, this has become my new every fall I watch it. Have you guys seen Over the Garden Wall? Yes, I love that show. Oh, no. oh ladies, ladies, ladies. You need to. It's an animated series. It's 10 episodes long. Something like that. Yeah. And it's about two boys that get lost over the garden wall and they're kind of in this fairy tale world. But it's really creepy. And just really odd. creepy. Very <laughs> odd. It looks like 1930s Halloween art style. All those sort of beastly mm -hmm. 
art mm -hmm. it's it's kind of in that art style and elijah oh. wood does one of the voices and melanie linsky plays the bird beatrice oh okay i, I like her yeah. yeah and it has i mean it has a bunch of really cool people in it tim curry does a voice okay. christopher lloyd is the woodsman <laughs> and yeah. they're they're being stalked by the beast and the beast when you get a look at it is really freaky it's creepy cute matilda this is for okay. you <laughs> It sounds like it. <laughs> it's creepy. I think it's cute. on Hulu too. Yeah. Now every fall I put it on because it's it's all very Halloween kind of. It's really disturbing and also adorable. And there's so it's two brothers, Wart and Gregory. And he, he has this whole thing where it's like a reoccurring motif where he's like, it's a rock fact. I kept expecting Hansel to say it. Because <laughs> <laughs> the dynamic is also kind of like that. The older brother having to take care of the younger brother. But there is sort of a love and a resentment there mm -hmm. that really kind of parallels the relationship between these two things. Plus, it's that creepy fall vibe. I think you guys would really Ooh. like it if you haven't seen it. Already? Yeah. Yeah. Highly recommended. So again, loved this movie. I think we all are somewhat on the same page of at least having oh, yeah. positive thoughts oh, yeah. about yeah. this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, once I once I was able to settle in and realize what I was getting into, but like I said, that that, yeah. that first five minutes, I was like, oh, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's understandable. I figured you were either going to love it or hate it. I liked it, but once I figured out the pacing and, and like I said, could settle in and, and relax to it, but... The last Hansel and Gretel movie I saw was the one with the Oh my Jenny god. Renner. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like <laughs> I the sugar to some action. Yes. Yeah. Oh my and, god. Oh, yeah. I was so How relieved was it wasn't made? that one. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I would never. <laughs> so overall, what do you guys think of this idea of adapting fairy tales to tell sort of modern horror stories? I Oh, I yeah. love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, they were so dark to begin with. Yeah. I feel like it's a natural progression to turn it a little more towards the horror genre. Yes. And yeah. these movies, even though Hunted wasn't my favorite, it was still beautiful to look at most mm -hmm. of the time. Mm -hmm. So th they share that in common. Mm -hmm. I mean, Gretel and Hansel is superior, I think, mm -hmm. and is yeah. much That's more fair. beautiful. That's mm -hmm. fair. But they do share that kind of stark contrast and these beautiful forest scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get at some really fundamental kind of horror things, like the vulnerability of being in the woods, but also kind of that juxtaposition of the vulnerability of being in the woods and fearing things in the woods, but also the beauty of the woods and the sometimes evil, sometimes benevolent nature, you know, nature of nature. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. But and I love these stories. In some ways, they were the they were the true originator of the original of the final girl. You know. Yeah. 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 And so mo taking those and modernizing them, they are ripe to become feminist sort of horror stories, I think. Yes, I would love to see one that was the Rose White, Rose Red Sisters adaptation. Yeah, 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 yeah. I actually, I was going to ask you guys what fairy tale you'd like to see made into a horror film. And the Rose Red, Ro that Rose one. White, mm -hmm. would, mm -hmm. that would be a yeah, good one. Yeah, that's a good idea. I don't know that one. It's one, of the, early, it's one of the early <laughs> Grimm's. You know, my memory around it is terrible. I remember reading it a lot when I was a kid because I was thinking about these are the original horror stories for me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? The Grimm's versions of these fairy tales that were so fucked up. 
you were talking about this on the stream yesterday, but probably primed me to read Flowers in the Attic and be like, perfectly acceptable. That seems regular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that seems regular. <laughs> but these kind of epic kind of, they're almost like mythology, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. For little kids. I don't know, but I don't remember specifically. They're, it's sisters, right? Yeah, they get taken by this evil dwarf and there's a bear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that could definitely be a... Thing. And there's a lot of stuff about horizontal hostility. I feel like there's mm -hmm. some stuff to play with in oh, that for one. Sure. Hmm. Sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. Does anybody else have one they'd like to see turned into a fairy into a horror movie? I can't remember what it was called, but there was one with sisters where they're forced to like spin yarn or something by the queen, and if they do it, they would get to marry. I oh think. yeah. Ooh, Anyways, well, there's Rumpelstiltskin. There's cool... No, there's a different one with sisters that's similar to Rumpelstiltskin. And they have to like, spin mm. till they hurt themselves, basically, right? They're like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. And so I think this, the stuff with the queen and then between the sisters, that could be interesting. Yeah. Rachel, what about you? Yeah, I'm trying to remember some of them because Rose Red was definitely one that came mm -hmm. to me. I feel like we could get it. Obviously, it's been done before, but Beauty and the Beast, obviously, is another one that would be a good one. What's the one with the girl who, I'm trying to remember it, so bear with me, where there's this cat that brings her the things that she wants, and each one, there's like a six, uh, a, like a bigger cat that comes each time. Now its eyes are as big as dinner plates. Do you remember this one? No. Mm -mm. No. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> it doesn't mean really it doesn't creepy. exist or no it was like a prince who had this and he kept asking for things and he kept bringing this girl to him on these successively bigger cats oh huh that sounds mm -hmm. cool yeah that one was really creepy i remember being really freaked out by that but yeah i feel like honestly all of the above yeah, <laughs> is probably the answer yeah well and there's so many different fairy tales from different cultures too there's True. this really great african one and i can't remember what the what the tribe is but basically it's a husband and wife and there's this monster that i think it keeps stealing their sheep and so she sends the husband after it and the husband doesn't come back doesn't come back doesn't come back and so she finally gets courage enough to go find out what's going on and it turns out that the monster's taking care of the husband so he's you know fat and happy and feels no reason to go back and she's just like that's it i'm done and goes in and kicks ass mm -hmm. okay i found it it's called the tender box and i'm totally fucking it up it is <laughs> every time this this the soldier finds this tender box every time he strikes it a dog of a different size shows up it sends it the dog to bring her things and there's a witch and all kinds of stuff this one tender box that's my choice final answer okay <laughs> <laughs> I really, really butchered it with my description. <laughs> you got part of it there. And it could be cool if they changed it for cats. Right? Know? It should be cats. I think in my head I just rewrote it because I was like, dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like dogs, but, you know. Oh, we didn't even say there's an adorable sphinx in the in oh, Reddle. And, like, I I never once was the cat them. in peril. It just chilled. Yes. Yeah. Purred and was pet sweet. and was cute and hung out. And in the end of the movie, the cat is still there chilling, being mm -hmm. cute. I'm about it. <laughs> yes. That is how you introduce a cat into a story. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I also Take really notes. loved that scene where they ate mushrooms. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'd forgotten that was in it when I watched. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Right, and the mushrooms are so uncanny looking. Yeah, I really liked even all the all the food in it. Mm-hmm. The design on the food, where that pig looks like it's made out of patent leather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. all of that yeah. stuff is. Yeah, it's all just a little off. Yes, the use of what's matte, like the house, and what's so mirror shiny. Yeah, the food yeah. and the blood when it comes out of the faucet before it becomes the witch. Mm-hmm. So beautiful in this movie. This movie is good, man. I guess yeah. I, I don't think it did well in the box office, sadly, because I know Oz Perkins was interested in expanding this universe. He wanted to do kind of oh, like a fairy tale yeah. universe, and he that wanted to pull cool. in other mythologies as I well. So, like, the, we didn't talk about it, but the Huntsman is supposed to kind of make you think about the Huntsman oh, from uh-huh. Snow White. Yes. So potentially that that would have been the crossover to into like a Snow White Damn. story, mm-hmm. and oh, that Gretel would continue to exist in these stories. Gotcha. But I also so. think this was released around the same time that people were starting to be afraid of being in public together. Mm, right? So that's I, th- true. I think it was released around the end of January. Yeah. Last so oh, by February, yeah. when the word got yeah. around about what yeah. this actually was, my guess yeah. is that people were already kind of going inside. Yeah, that's probably true, too. But I would love I would love to see this expanded into a, a universe. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I know everybody wants to have a universe now. That's the thing. We've got Marvel Universe, Wannaverse, yada, yada. I don't want the Perkins. Yeah, universe. I do, too. This <laughs> one is. I would sign up for that. Even if it was a show like Fairy Tale Theater, but Oz Perkins does it. <laughs> that would be, that cool. would be mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, can you imagine? Can you imagine Oz Perkins, Pinocchio? Oh my God, that shit would be. Crazy. Yes, <laughs> I know. And did we talk about the soundtrack of this, which is just this low, hypnotizing, slow, so good? It's real good. It was cool. Yeah, I feel like this is gonna find its audience someday, and people are gonna be like, "I hope mm-hmm. so." Yeah, yeah. It's, it's. I liked it a lot. I liked it. Well, for someone who didn't really like the movie that much. And didn't like the movie that they picked, Ari- other movie they picked, Ariel. You did a great job this time. I was very pleased with your selections. Good, good. Sorry well, you I... didn't have a good time, but I had a no, great time. No, it's totally fine. You know, Hunted just wasn't totally for me, but there are parts of it that I enjoyed. And mm-hmm. watching Gretel and Hansel a second time through really highlighted all of its good qualities. And it's the sort of lesser things fell to the background. So I ended up really enjoying watching it. Okay. And I would recommend that one. Fair enough. All right. For those of you at home, we would love to hear what you thought of these movies. You can drop us a line at Rachel at zombiegirls.com. You can hit us up over on the Facebook. And while you're there, you can enjoy some of Sarah's memes. And if you're enjoying the show, please do review us on Apple Podcasts. It's not iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast client. I don't know. Is that the right client? I don't know if that's the right word. Whatever service you're using, you can review us there. We're on all of the, we're on all of them. And if you're looking for something to watch tonight, you've watched these two movies and you need something else, definitely head over to the Zombie Girls website and check out our video on demand and streaming calendar where we keep track of all the horror movies and horror adjacent movies and TV shows that are coming out on video on demand as well as on the 9 billion streaming services, which let me tell you, as the person that tracks all this, slow down. (laughs) No more streaming services. We're good. enough of that (laughs) but yeah so if you're feeling that way good news i did some of the work for you check out our calendar and see what's coming up and what's available now 
And if you love the show and you want to support us, you can on Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash zombie girls. You can sign up. We have lots of bonus episodes, bonus content, extended episodes, t-shirts, all kinds of good stuff. Which, by the way, our t-shirts are done. I need to make a formal announcement. Oh, yes. Yes. So t-shirts are purchasable. I will send you guys the link and we will have something on the Facebook about it soon. By the time this episode comes out, y'all will know about the t-shirts. I think they're really cool. I obviously have one of each and I love them all. They came out really, really cool. So there's lots of ways to support us. Anyways, the other thing is, if you want to follow us on Twitch, we now have a Twitch page. Go to twitch.com forward slash zombie girls, where we will be occasionally playing some games together. So if you think that we are uh, uncensored and goofy on this show, you should hear us when we've had a couple beers and are playing games and Sarah's kicking our ass. (laughs) 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 Yeah. If you don't like F-bombs, maybe don't steer clear it's a lot of me going like fuck when i get a terrible question a lot of us talking about clam slamming each other oh yeah lots of clam slam talk (laughs) (laughs) it's not what you think i mean it is what you think but it's also not what you think all right so that just leaves us with our streaming pick for this episode i'm going back 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 to a movie that i love and that i realize is maybe a little under the radar i don't even know how i happen to find it actually that's not true this ties back to my clary starling obsession so when i was way too young i saw silence of the lambs and i became obsessed with it and part of that was becoming obsessed with jodie foster and watching all of her movies and one of my all-time favorite movies of hers is on streaming now it's on both hulu and on prime and it is the movie the little girl who lives down the lane yes oh wow i need to rewatch that it's been a million years right it is really something so in it jodie foster is a fetus in this movie i think it came out the same year as taxi driver so she is young. okay so in this she plays ren a 14 year old who has caught both the attention of her nosy neighbor and her nosy neighbor's sexual predator son and she is kind of on her own having to deal with the repercussions of both of those obsessions and uh, it was quite an eye-opening film for preteen Rachel. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I watched it over and over and over as a kid. Oh so I uh, implore you to give it a shot if you have not. My Jodie Foster sexual awakening was Bugsy Malone. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. She comes out and does that that dance, My Name is Tula. Mm-hmm. It's like damn <laughs> <laughs> yeah this one she has quite a blowout in this one you'll see you'll see enjoy have have everybody on the show seen this before yes i yes. don't know that okay. i have honestly but now i want to watch it oh. well it's like martin sheen at his most creepy Ugh. uh-huh yeah mm. yeah he is which is very creepy like <laughs> oh girl <laughs> yes like when, um, there's some animal cruelty in it so when you see him hold the hamster that you are sensitive to that as i am do not watch it's very upsetting what okay. happens but other than that there is some bo- there's a body double in this because there's some nudity so just know that yes she was not of age but the naked body you see is not jodie foster's body so that's good oh, okay yeah. but yeah he's terrifying in it his refusal to leave and stuff is mm, it's not mm. great it's not great as a 12 year old i was like oh feelings or feeling feelings i had very confusing feelings about this movie 
And I hope you will too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Until next time when Matilda will be taking the reins for the program. So you know shit's about to get weird. Weird. (laughs) Yeah, they're both both what the fuck movies. I'm very, very excited. Should we tell them what we're going to do if they want to play along? Sure. So I'm choosing both of the Brandon Cronenberg movies, uh, Antiviral and Possessor. Body Horror Central. Yes, Body Horror Central and Weird Shit Central. Because I am I think he's really <laughs> one to watch for for whatever's going on in that, in that yeah. brain. Agree Definitely. to agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Although it's interesting, we're going from Anthony Perkins' son. Now we're going Ooh, true. to David Cronenberg's son. This, this next generation, what happened? I know, so who's doing the Joe Hill? <laughs> oh, right? I know. Good, good question. God, Nosferatu is such a great book. Fireman, not so much. But Nosferatu <laughs> was a great book. All right. Until next time, Matilda, take us out. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us for this. And um, please put on your little wool cloak and your cap and no. come through the woods <laughs> and leave us a review. And we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Thanks, everybody, for listening and to all my co-hosts for waking up early every month just to talk about horror movies with me. Production on this episode was done by yours truly. Our theme song for the show is 80s Halloween Horror by Megan McDuffie.